0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening ladies and gentlemen, friends and family, fellow seekers, apprentices, and journeymen of the craft. Happy first day of March. Happy evening to you. We're surely getting out uh, getting into the warmer weather here hopefully sooner than later coming out of the doldrums of winter. Here we are we're ready to roll. My name is Nick Mancola and I am Dr. Mark's eldest son. Thank you for joining me. This is my second show for those of you who missed out. Let me give you a quick bio before we get underway, help you get further acquainted with me. I'm currently a student at the Institute of Integrated Nutrition. I graduate in another month. I'm very excited. It's been a tremendous program. I've been exposed to a lot of cutting-edge nutritional theory. I have a certificate in nutrition from the Harvard School of Public Health, a certificate in energy medicine from the University of Central Florida, and I'm also currently studying biochemical kinesiology at the Kinesiology Institute. So thank you for joining me this evening, this Sunday evening, and we are looking over are your health problems related to yeast and or candida? What's the difference? Where are we at? So within the past month, I've started seeing a handful of very dear clients. I know you guys are listening. I just wanted to drop a quick hello and thank you for tuning in. I'm very excited to bring you this topic um, to our continued discussion and dialogue on health and wellness tonight. The topic again is on yeast and candida, and the question is, are your health problems related? I'm willing to bet they are, and if they're not directly related, they are surely indirectly related because everything is connected in the body, as we know. Um, I have the benefit of growing up uh, in the field, so to speak, and you know, being around the business. I'm very lucky to have Mark and Cole as my dad, uh, and I can remember all the candida books in the 80s. Um, on the bookshelves at home and in the offices. And to prepare the discussion, I had to comb through both old and new to help bring a cogent understanding to what's going on. And there's a lot of information here. You could probably put this through a three-part series if you really wanted to. It's that serious. It's that broad a topic. And there's, like I said, quite a bit of information. So uh, I aim to make uh, – hopefully we can cut through the fog, um, no pun intended, and we can make some sense of all this. Um, There are currently 56,000 articles on candida, uh, which can be found on PubMed, which covers every research paper, which goes back to the 1930s. Um, The discovery of penicillin is a major watermark for candida, and studies begin to avail themselves steadily in the 1940s on. Since then, there have been about, to this day, about seven different studies a day published. Um, So the science is there for sure. Uh, we can make very informed decisions about what to do and how to do it. Um, But part of what makes this such a compelling health topic is that candida albicans outside of oral thrush and vaginal yeast infections seem to go largely ignored by most doctors and conventional medicine. And in fact, excuse me, it appears that many of the problems that plague men women, and children today can be traced back to what may be a surprising factor, which is obviously an overgrowth of yeast called candida albicans. Under normal circumstances, um, this fungus is meant to coexist harmlessly and naturally within the body, symbiotically in the gastrointestinal tract, on both the mucous membranes and on the skin as well. So naturally speaking, if you'll forgive me, there is always a fungus among us. But what is a fungus? Where you awaken science class, uh, a fungus refers to a vast variety of organisms like mushrooms, yeast, and molds. Um, they're eukaryotic, which means that they have a nucleus and inside. That nucleus is genetic information, and it's enclosed in a membrane. They are also called heterotrophs, which means that they gain nutrition through absorption. Uh, where is the available nutrition? You might ask. In this context, my friends, you are the host with the most. Um, and we hear about it often these days, terms like gut health, microbiome, the vagus nerve, the brain within the stomach. What does it all mean, the vagus nerve? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? I'm not really sure if that applies here, but how does candida albicans come into the equation? Well, when the gut is out of balance, candida can overproduce into an overaggressive, an opportunistic pathogen that will systemically create heavy distortion and havoc throughout the rest of the body. I have dealt with it myself. It's not pretty. I know that if I get out of my own habits that are good for me constitutionally, uh, it's a slippery slope. Um, But I think that when we talk to our friends and family, the average um, idea of it, uh, when we mention Candida, we naively think that it's only about women. And that in turn, it's only about um, the vaginal region of women's physiology. Uh, I think if we were to sample men and, and their collective understanding of it, um, they'll, they seem to conceive of fungal issues as pertaining to just their toenails. And these initial perceptions are not totally incorrect. It's just that if you'll excuse the uh, cliche, we're just really looking at the tip of the iceberg. Um, And I would also add that we shouldn't be lulled into thinking these acute issues are no big deal, or NBD as we say these days, because these are symptomologies that the body is trying to communicate with us. Um, And as we say in the office, first it starts as a whisper, and it's no doubt a good idea to listen to your body as it speaks to you, as opposed to later on. Uh, you've, You've ignored it for so long, it's no longer whispering, it's no longer picking up the phone, it's literally screaming at you. Um, and there's a lot of dysfunction and a lot of pain associated with that. Those are hard lessons, and we've all been there. And some of you are out there now, and our heart goes out to you. We're all in this together, and that's what this show is about. And hopefully this topic helps to um, broaden your understanding and create a little bit of light because there is quite a bit of myth surrounding it, and you may or may not be met with some resistance if you talk to your PCP about this. Um, the reality of candida outside of thrush and toenail fungus is that it can affect many different body parts than what we're commonly uh, understood to know. And as such, I think in my research, it's been linked to some 125 very serious and debilitating illnesses, unbelievable stuff, including autoimmune disease, MS, fibromyalgia, autism, and mental illness. So very fascinating stuff, and for some of you, it might be hard to believe. Um, in most instances, maybe for profit or pure ignorance, Western medicine fails to really cite the root of these symptoms. And of course, um, when we want to heal, when we want to alleviate symptomologies at the deepest level, when we want to make moves, as we say in my household, the root is really the source. That's where we got to look, um, and that's why we're here. So, just anecdotally, I can remember being in the garden with my mom and my aunt hardcore um, hardcore plant people, hardcore garden people, and my brother weeding by hand uh, and If we didn't really get to the root of the weeds, we knew we were bound to be back on our hands and knees, breaking our backs again. The onus is on us to do the heavy lifting to sort through the information. Um, and to work at an integrated level with maybe not just ho- holistic practitioners and alternative healthcare practitioners, but also with our PCPs, um, it's complementary medicine that can be very helpful. We can all we can all work together. But uh, for the mer- most part, uh, mainstream medicine really only looks to Candida as a source of trouble for people who are severely immune compromised, like people with HIV, those who are undergoing immunosuppressive treatments. Cancer, etc um, unfortunately, many people are misinformed and they have nowhere to go there's uh, again a lot of ground to cover with this subject and we're going to hopefully pull it all together for you um, in a short minute to see if we can take a short break. This is Nick Mincola on blogtalkradio.com the one and only natural health show. thank you <laughs>
0: Do you suffer from digestive bloating or indigestion? Do you have chronic migraine headaches or joint and muscle aches? You might have a chronic inflammatory condition due to improper food choices. If you've answered yes to either or both of these questions, you might benefit from a one-hour consultation with yours truly. Food initiates inflammation in the body, which can be reversed through diet. If you'd like to turn around your symptoms and beat inflammation, we can customize an anti-inflammatory diet that's just for you. Reverse your inflammatory symptoms naturally. Call to set up an appointment today at 781 817-3444 That's 781-817-3444 Remember, food is medicine. The Whole Health Diet book is much more than just an ordinary one-size-fits-all calorie-counting weight loss book. It's a life-changing book about personal transformation. The Whole Health Diet is a book designed to balance your body, mind, and spirit. It says to maximize your calorie-burning efficiency from the inside out. Complete with recipes and insights about the why of overeating. The Whole Health Diet is a truly complete transformational book about weight loss through life change. The Whole Health Diet is available at Amazon.com. Purchase your book today Balance Your Wellness Through Wholeness. Your favorite foods could be causing those irritating, unexplained symptoms that you've been experiencing. Bloating, restless sleep, rashes, aches, pains, migraines are all part of undiagnosed sensitivities. Alitest Medical Laboratory is your solution to identifying food sensitivities and allergies. We know that changing your diet can change your life. Talk to your doctor about ordering a test and visit foodallergy.com for more information. The first step Alitest.
1: Right on. Are you out there? We're back. Those commercials, great reminders to us. Again, undiagnosed sensitivities. Sounds like what we're talking about here. Food is medicine. Food is medicine. About time we got the point. And I think that this topic drives home the point. So many experts believe that fungi are the culprit, if not a larger part of a microbial concern. And make no mistake, yeast overgrowth or candidiasis is a pandemic concern it affects millions of people all over the world there are more than 150 species of candida that have been identified with six major strains being commonly found in humans one in three are affected by candida albicans quite severely uh, what are the what's it look like what's the score sinus problems tinnitus respiratory infections pmdd which is postmenstrual dysphoric disorder, brain fog, fibroids, acne, GERD, prostatitis, and anxiety can all be potentially traced back to a larger and more complicated fungal infection that starts with candida. It's amazing, but it is true for sure. So as you ignore your symptoms potentially, hopefully you're not, and you're adding antibiotics, steroids, salves, and NSAIDs, Unbeknownst to you, candida can undergo incredible mutation. It's incredibly adaptive. And it can, in many cases, pliomorphize, which is a fancy fancy word for changing its form, um, in which case it will adapt to become a full-blown, totally aggressive, pathogenetic fungal infection. It's capable of creating very serious disease. And I pulled a couple papers in the... Um, PubMed, and there were some instances where people were being brought in for masses in the body that they thought were cancer, and they weren't. They were fungal growth. Uh, it's rare, but it's possible. Um, it's something to consider. So um, when we are in that instance where, our, where uh, the yeast has become an aggressive pathogenic fungal infection, it, it becomes known as PCC, which is an acronym for Polysystemic Chronic candidiasis, um, and it can also create mycelial candida, candida, excuse me, which literally take root in the gut like a tree. It will anchor itself in the GI tract and cause serious trouble to the intestinal barrier um, by, by making it more permeable, and that's not a good thing. So I think um, that essentially equates to turning into leaky gut syndrome. So um, we know how that goes. Leaky gut syndrome is very prevalent in this day and age. You hear more and more about it. Um, But it is due to and exacerbated by an imbalance of microorganisms in the mycobiome of the intestines. That's the mycobiome. Don't be confused with the microbiome. Myco, M-Y-C-O-B-I-O-M-E. So... When the wall that separates the GI tract from the bloodstream becomes permeable, the fungus and the toxic byproducts, which are mycotoxins, seep through the lining and direct, go directly into the bloodstream. You don't have to be a genius to know what's coming next. This is seriously bad stuff. Um, on the side, genetically modified stuff, uh, gluten, all of that will create a level of permeability in the GI, will disturb the structural integrity of the GI and allow, uh, allow particles of food, undigested particles of food, and uh, microbes to um, directly uh, get right into the bloodstream, and that can be serious problems. I think the onus is then on the liver to detoxify and assist in cleaning out, uh, but if the liver is already quite congested and hampered um, and metabolic um, deficiencies there, it's just not going to happen. Uh, it's a serious problem. These microbes bypass structural fail states, and they access the bloodstream. Um, the dominoes fall from there. Um, as we're starting to know more and more in this day and age, that good health uh, it's heavily dependent on the integrity of the gut microbiome, including tissues and biofluids. But if we look deeper, again here's the, uh, here's the uh, here's that special word: the health of our microbiome is dependent upon the Mycobiome, okay? And the mycobiome, again, M-Y-C-O, biome, that refers to the fungal community within the microbiome. So it dictates what's going on at large. Um, the archetype in holistic health, it's obviously balanced. Uh, too often we're getting sidetracked and thinking that things are good or bad and that both outcomes are linear or parallel, but it's just not the case. Um, many of us more experienced folks know that deficiency can come from excess and excess can come out of deficiency. They're nonlinear, they lead into one another. Um, and dysbiosis, another great word, occurs when the optimum gut balance is out of whack. Okay? Dysbiosis is a term, microbial imbalance or maladaptation. There are over 100 trillion. 100 trillion microorganisms that exist in the human body you don't even have that many genes the microbiome is composed of viruses that's right bacteria single-celled microorganisms including algae protozoa and fungi that reside in and on our bodies and with that type of diversity there's lots of potential to directly and indirectly influence our physiology immunology, and our metabolic functions. It's all right there. Uh, The the gut is it. The gut is it. When your gut is balanced, when the integrity of your gut is there, it's it's very likely that you are a healthy and and
0: well-balanced
1: individual. Uh, But when dysbiosis occurs, other potentially harmful microorganisms can express themselves and explode in population. So when the balance is off, the dominoes fall, and you're really playing a, uh, you're really playing a game of dice. And um, I'm not sure how, how well it will go for you. Um, it's important that as we look a little deeper, we look, into, um, we look into two major players in this game, which is SIBO and H. pylori. SIBO stands for Small Intestine Bacterial Overgrowth, and H. pylori, which is a bacteria. Um, Both of these guys open the door for Candida and vice versa. Antibiotics are the usual solution for H. pylori, but as many of us know, antibiotics do create an environment that supports further proliferation of Candida or harmful bacteria. Um, When we're using antibiotics, it's one thing we've always said in my household as well, there's no smart bomb. You don't kill kill the bad guys, excuse me. And, and keep the good guys. You just drop the bomb and everybody goes. And in some instances, you have resistant strands of bacteria. Of anti, of bacteria excuse me. And they don't they don't um, they don't move. You're not going to affect the bad guys. And in fact, you might be doing counterintuitively exactly what you don't want to do. You might kill all the bad guys and preserve all the good guys. Um, that is obviously going to be a very unfortunate circumstance, but it does happen, especially there's a lot of overuse of antibiotics, um, leading up to now. So when we're bombing both good and bad intestinal flora, um, the risk, the risk goes up and it makes us more vulnerable to opportunistic infection. Antibiotics directly influence the balance of gut, gut flora, gut integrity, Um, And in in this day and age, many of us know to take probiotics to help mitigate the inherent risk of using antibiotics, but is it enough? You know, um, you might be taking a a couple bifidobacteria or some lactobacillus, um, but if you're drinking Cokes at lunch, if if you're eating grains to excess, nuts, which unfortunately are a fungal food, folks. Um, if you're sneaking glasses of wine at night, wine is obviously fermented. Um, if you're having a candy bar here and there, if you're abusing caffeine here and there, um, your lactobacillus is like a, like an infantryman with a revolver and maybe a handful of bullets against a hostile army. It's probably not going to go in your favor. Um, there's also, as we know, thousands of strands of cultures of beneficial bacteria to choose from in this uh, day of um pop culture and and health and and wellness. So which ones work, uh, which ones don't? What about enzymes? What about pH? What about food choices? They're all good questions and concepts, and we'll get into them. But where do we go from here, Um, especially considering that most doctors are pretty much going to ignore candida? Um, Again, this is when we get into what complementary medicine is. Some of the guys in the white coats don't like us, and some of the guys that wear Birkenstocks, <laughs> forgive me, don't like them. Um, but again, they're smaller parts. We're all smaller parts of a greater whole. Complementary medicine means that through uh, establishing webs of redundancy and looking at things from a much larger uh, perspective and using the strengths, playing to the strengths of both the institution of conventional medicine and alternative medicine, a, a lot of quality health care can happen. Um, balance can really best ach- be achieved as a team. So, um, yeah, I think that's something that we should look at. And, and, and there are times as well where we might have to educate our doctors um, to take a deeper look and accommodate some of the, um, the more cutting-edge nutritional stuff that's going on out there. And um, there are some, some folks out there who obviously have quite a bit more integrity than others and that are quite a bit more open uh, than others. And I think we have to be open as well um, to all different types of information and tradition as well. So let's take a closer look at SIBO. Um, what is SIBO? Uh, SIBO is when bacteria from the large intestine begin to multiply in the small intestine. It does happen for a variety of reasons, including inadequate removal of waste from the GI tract due to lack of water, fiber, uh, high sugars in the diet, fistulas, impaired ileocecal valves, adhesions, um, and certain neurological muscular conditions which slow down the transport of bacteria and food, uh, which unfortunately then sit in the intestines for too long. Um, when they sit in there for too long, they're not just doing nothing, they're fermenting. Um, and that fermentation creates a perfect environment for the proliferation of candida and other harmful microorganisms. Um, SIBO symptoms, yeah. patient and diarrhea, which creates inabilities to absorb certain vitamins and consequently creates low iron stores and inadequate pancreatic enzymes, which further compounds GI and metabolic distortion, and which of course, you know, creates another cycle of fermentation and distortion. Um, ulcers can also manifest themselves. Very serious stuff. It's a it's a very serious cycle, um, and unless you unless you know what's going on, it's a little bit of pin the tail on the donkey, and you might go to your doctor and get stuff that's really not going to help you at all. So what is H. pylori? H. pylori is a bacteria. It enters the body through food, water, or saliva that comes from a contaminated person. Once inside the body, it will destroy the lining of the stomach, further destroy the lining of the stomach and intestines, uh, which allow the digestive acids in the stomach um, to really cause havoc. There's, uh, There's many serious health conditions that are exacerbated by yeast overgrowth. And yeast overgrowth occurs because of microbial imbalances in the gut. Now, when we use antibiotics, we use birth control pills, um, estrogen replacement therapies, steroids, um, and as well when we're exposed to heavy metals from not just environmental toxicity but tooth fillings as well, as well as diets high in refined and processed sugars, carbohydrates, dairy products, processed foods, excuse me, so all those things are going to increase risk factors for you. Um, and when you add in oxidative stress, uh, and remember the stress hormone cortisol, which in turn elevates blood sugar, and remember the yeast eats sugar, they're fed by sugar, you have a real recipe for disaster. There's no question there. Um, and uh, just to bang the drum a little more, um, consider as well coffee coffee turns on the adrenals and turns on the adrenal hormones. Uh, Cortisol, again, one of them. Consider these energy drinks, you guys. A lot of people in my generation, bang, energy drinks. I know bang is actually a company there. So these guys, they're high in sugar. They're double the caffeine. Doesn't really work too well. Again, the stress hormones are going to elevate insulin. Insulin is going to elevate blood sugar. Sugar feeds the yeast, it's time to wake up. Uh, It's time to stop pressing on those adrenals. Uh, Again, my father would say you are either built for emergency or efficiency. And obviously, emergency is something that does not imply a great deal of longevity or long game. Efficiency is uh, when you're looking for better energy. It's probably going to happen for you uh, sustained at At a cellular level, Um, that's a different conversation. You can look in the backlogs of the shows for that, for sure. Um, But something to take to heart. Again, let's be careful about caffeine. Let's be careful about sugars. Let's be careful about toxicity. Um, Let's let's be real about dairy products, um, alcohol, processed foods. If you do have an issue with candida, it's best to really uh, clean up your act um, and not cheat. I think a lot of people, when they're on these elimination diets where it's addition through subtraction, I think that 85% compliance rate will definitely get you where you want to be. But if you're addressing something specific like candida, I think it's best that you really play it safe and, um, and play it clean and don't cheat. I think cheating is part of the reason why you might be where you're at right now um so let's take another break let's see if we're if we're on target right now again this is nicholas mincoe blogtalkradio.com on the one and only natural health show how about a break
0: your favorite foods could be causing those irritating unexplained symptoms that you've been experiencing Bloating, restless sleep, rashes, aches, pains, migraines are all part of undiagnosed sensitivities. Allotest Medical Laboratory is your solution to identifying food sensitivities and allergies. We know that changing your diet can change your life. Talk to your doctor about ordering a test and visit foodallergy.com for more information. The first step, Allotest. Do you suffer from digestive bloating or indigestion? Do you have chronic migraine headaches or joint and muscle aches? you might have a chronic inflammatory condition due to improper food choices. If you can't suggest to either or both of these questions, you might benefit from a one-hour consultation with yours truly. Food initiates inflammation in the body, which can be reversed through diet. If you'd like to turn around your symptoms and beat inflammation, we can customize an anti-inflammatory diet that's just for you. Reverse your inflammatory symptoms naturally. Call to set up an appointment today at 781-817-3444. That's 781 817 3444. Remember, food is medicine. The Whole Health Diet book is much more than just an ordinary one-size-fits-all calorie-counting weight loss book. It's a life-changing book about personal transformation. The Whole Health Diet is a book designed to balance your body, mind, and spirit. It so says to maximize your calorie-burning efficiency from the inside out. Complete with recipes and insights about the why of overeating. The Whole Health Diet is a truly complete transformational book about weight loss through life change. The Whole Health Diet is available at Amazon.com. Purchase your book today, Balance Your Wellness Through Wholeness.
1: All right, right on, friends. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, welcome. This is Nicholas Mancola on blogtalkradio.com on the one and only Natural Health Show. We're going over candida, going over yeast. Are your problems, are they yeast-related? They might be. So we were just taking a look over at uh, pH and um, how it's going to create an alkaline balance and help to mitigate the proliferation of harmful organs. How it's going to keep the balance. Well, what is pH? pH stands for potential hydrogen. It refers to the amount of oxygen that's available for cells to engage in metabolism efficiently. The human body is built to naturally maintain a healthy balance of acidity and alkalinity. Healthy blood pH levels should be between 6.4 and 6.8. If it's not, it could be trouble. Acidosis or chronic acidosis creates major inflammation in the body, but it also creates a perfect environment for these obligate anaerobes like yeast to proliferate and begin overgrowth. All right. So, with chronic acidity as well, enzymatic activity, enzymes like protease, amylase, and lipase, which help digest various foods, will be hampered and digestion will not be efficient. So, if digestion is not going to be efficient, if food and waste products are not going to be shuttled away as they should be efficiently through metabolism, through digestion. Um, We're going to, we're going to lead ourselves into a cycle of acidosis and further fermentation, which create a really positive environment for candida, not a good place to be. So again, more metabolic distortion creates more inflammation uh, because waste products are not discarded and detoxified. If your pH is off, if your food choices are incorrect, and your lifestyle habits are misinformed, you're probably on a very slippery slope and most likely at the hands of a vicious cycle, probably unbeknownst to you. So how do you correct pH? How do you address it? There are hydron strips you can get over at Good Health. You could probably get them online as well. I I, I tend to not um, advocate for people to get them online. You never know how long they've been hanging around the warehouse or where they've been or what the efficacy and accuracy of those products are. I think when you go over to places like Good Health and the likes thereof, um, they move off the shelf, and they have high-quality products as well. They're the Hydron pH strips. What you want to do there is you're going to average out. You're going to take three readings and average out um, Excuse me, the results of those readings. So you're going to urinate on that strip. Um, probably try it. Get your hydron strips, experiment for a week, do it on a Monday, a Wednesday, or a Friday, first thing in the morning, average that out, and you're going to know where you are. If you fall below that 6.4 to 6.8, you're definitely suffering at that cellular level. You're definitely creating a very hospitable environment for candida overgrowth or for some type of um, non-beneficial microbial activity to really flourish and, and go wild. Um, How do you correct the pH? Uh, Once you know where you are, you've got your reading. Maybe you've taken more than two weeks' worth of readings. You're really fastidious about your numbers. Um, You can use products like chlorophyll, liquid chlorophyll. Um, World Organic is a company. Um, You can also take them in tablets, uh, their capsules, excuse me. Um, There's other green products, spirulina, um, chlorella as well. And there's good old-fashioned baking soda. Um, little, I think it's a little quarter teaspoon of baking soda and water. That's what I usually do at home and definitely uh, helps to correct things, keeps things very stable. Um, so with proper food choices in conjunction with a quality pH, it's going to be very difficult for candida to thrive and get out of balance. It's also going to help your enzymes as well. When your pH is way out of whack, your enzymes aren't going to want to, aren't going to want to work. They're not going to want to be released. Um, and, of course, there's going to be uh, hampered efficiency with digestion, and that's going to promote more fermentation, more yeast, more sugar, more trouble. Um, so let's look at some of the sources of candida. Number one, I think that when you look at a lot of the PubMed articles the focus is on the overuse of antibiotics. They didn't really get too too much into the nutritional aspect of it. It's a little amorphous for them. There's a lot of variables. But so you'll see in the nineteen twenties, penicillin was invented. And if you look at the data by around nineteen forty you see a surge in antibiotic prescription in use. And then that's when you really start to see literature spring forth about Candida, mostly from an oral thrush and a vaginal perspective. Um, But nonetheless, there it is. Uh, It's, it's very important. I mean, antibiotics, we need them um, to some extent, but we need to know how to use them. We need to use them prudently and judiciously. They've been a bit overused. Uh, throughout the years. I think sometimes it's probably a little bit difficult to get them now because they realize, well, they're they're trying to compensate or overcompensate for how uh, how they just gave them to everybody at one point. Um, and I can remember that as well. Um, and it's important to realize too that colds and flus are viruses. They're not bacterial infections. But I know a lot of the time you go to the doctor for a typical cold and flu and they'll give you antibiotics. Um, antibiotics kill 99.9% for the most part. Um, that does leave 0.1% to pass on its genetic information. I think that's how we get superbugs, guys. That's how we get MRSA and other resistant strains of bacteria. Totally scary stuff. Um, I was in the trades for a very long time. I saw, we, you know, we worked in, and basically I managed a small um, union construction shop and we were putting together... Uh, life science centers, immunology centers, um, neonatal intensive care, and the MRSA was off the charts. And a lot of times we were signing off that we knew what was going on and we knew the risk. Uh, and I'm not really sure that anyone was ever really truly educated on the risk um, or that there was a legitimate prophylaxis. You'd be surprised what, what um, HVAC systems harbor um, what's behind cove base? What's underneath VCT tiles, et cetera? At the end of the day, you know hospitals are big business, and they have to get the buildings done. They have to, they have to get the stuff done, and they can't really fuss about too much worrying about the risk that we all know is is extremely prevalent, extremely virulent as well. Um, but there it is. And um, so antibiotics, they for the most part don't kill Candida. Uh, they just kill the good bacteria. Um, and again, antibiotics have a grave effect on our gut microbiome, which have serious effect on our overall health. Um, another thing to consider, this was something for the longest time I did not really get, um, and it's something to consider. Like I said, how about the antibiotics in your food sources? How about your poultry? How about your beef, et cetera? How about, I think that the... The numbers I saw was that over 70% of antibiotics that are made, uh, that are manufactured, go to agricultural sources. So that's a lot. That's a lot. And if you're being a good doobie and you're doing all the right things, it's important that you really get serious about about the foods that you're eating Um, and to be conscious of the fact that antibiotics can be the most... um, the most rare of places to the average guy. So um, it's really important that we, that we look to find uh, free range, hormone free, antibiotic free organic foods. That's really going to help us out in the long run because these antibiotics do accumulate in tissues and create a whole host of issues for us. Um, as we said earlier, the antibiotics create conditions in the body that allow yeast to flourish, the yeast can create sustenance for viruses, actually, too. Um, and when the gut microbiome is out of balance, viral infections can create secondary bacterial infections. So that, that's kind of probably hard time, and we'll further develop it. Antibiotics create conditions in the body that allow yeast to flourish, and yeast can create sustenance for viruses. When gut microbiome is out of balance, viral infections can create secondary bacterial infections. So what's a good example? Viral influenza. It can become bacterial pneumonia, which is then in turn treated with more antibiotics, which will perpetuate more yeast growth. So that is a nasty cycle to be involved in. Um, And probably in very short time, you'll find yourself at the docs looking at steroids, Drugs, and I have a very few close friends who could expound ad nauseum about this. There's folks with UC and IBS who've taken themselves off the drugs. Um, they're flourishing. They're doing very well. They have specific diets that aren't too uh, that aren't too crazy. That are not too Spartan-esque. They're not eating like monks, but they're doing the right things. Um, and as such, they have no more flare-ups. It's the old addition through subtraction. We know that very well around this office. So these folks can tell you about the physical pain, the heartbreak, doctor visits, drugs, FMTs, debilitating symptomologies, emotional health, vicious cycle that started at all. It was very very likely yeast in some capacity. Um, these folks deserve credit and a lot of love. They're extremely strong. There's no doubt. God bless them. We love them. We love them hard. <laughs> So items to avoid, what are we going to do? How do we do it? Uh, we understand the risk. We understand the cycle, the vicious cycle, layers on the stage. Um, but but how do we go for it? So we definitely want to stay away from processed sugars and fatty foods. We don't want to feed the yeast, and we don't want to create inflammation. Um, one thing that we also want to look at is eicosanoids, right? Eicosanoids are big at the shop here. Real big. We want to stay away from the arachidonic acids. Stay away from food allergens like dairy, red meat, egg yolks, sugars, obviously, processed starches, corn products, fermented foods, seaweed, converted vegetable oils, grain fed poultry. Watch out. Farm raised fish and most nuts and seeds. Most nuts and seeds. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Um, Nuts and seeds. When they don't have their protective shell, They're subject to molds, funguses, yeasts, et cetera. Um, There they are. I know one person I just worked with recently had some candida stuff going on, low-grade fungal infection, yanked her off the uh, nuts and seeds. She looks like a million bucks. She looks like a million and one bucks. God bless her. She's a hot ticket. I'm thinking about her right now. So stay away from the arachidonic acids. Um, Those convert to COX-2. Uh, thromboxane A2, which equates to uh, platelet aggregation, clotting factors, uh, leukotriene B4, which cause issues with circulatory nerves and skin. So we're really trying to modulate inflammation overall in the body, right? Just sugar, not not just a few different, not just a few different uh, constituents here. We're looking to alleviate overall inflammation because if we have serious inflammation. It doesn't matter. Digestion is not going to happen very well. Um, Metabolic response is going to be deficient. It's going to be slow. It's going to be sluggish. And then if you add on all the other players that we've been talking about thus far, the dominoes are really starting to fall. Issues compound themselves, and it becomes an entangled web of illness. Very difficult to break through. So we want to realize that eicosanoids are big, you know, Um, we want to, that's going to help us out with inflammation. Uh, We want good fats, good fats lead to good hormones, bad fats lead to bad hormones. Um, yeah. So let's see, not just staying away from the arachidonics, um, fermented and highly acidic foods. We've got a list here. Fermented and highly acidic foods. We want to stay away from yeast, beer, wine, Champagne, oh, my goodness gracious, they're gone. Yeasted supplements, yeasted bread, Um, mushrooms, vinegar, got to go. Look into your marinades and stuff, guys. Stay away from the vinegar. It's just not going to help us out. Soy sauce, unfortunately, not going to work. Let's let's backtrack. If you guys want to substitute lemon for vinegar, it's the way to go soy sauce, go brags if you have to, if you have to. Stay away from miso, tamari, teriyaki. Stay away from dairy, stay away from peanuts, pistachios, etc. No aged foods, i.e. blue cheese. Stay away from the melons, the sweet melons. Guys, unfortunately, another thing uh, a lot of people in my generation like, stay away from the kombuchas. Stay away from the kimchi, stay away from the sauerkraut. The stuff is fermented. You got your carbonic, you got your lactic, your pyruvic, you got your ammonia. Those are not things that you want around if you're trying to live an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, if you're trying to optimize the machine. All right. Very good. So the vicious cycle is antibiotics bomb you out as friendly bacteria decimated. Candida multiplies. Yeast and fungal mycotoxins, toxic waste molecules produced when yeast metabolize sugar take over and wage metabolic war, which weaken the immune system. The dominoes continue to fall. Uh, the environment is set for disaster. Um, there are 79 different mycotoxins. This is, this is a great one. 79 different mycotoxins associated with candida, all of which attack by weakening the immune system, causing systemic inflammation and destroying vital tissues and organs. For example, acid aldehyde, it is six times more potent than ethanol. Um, Not good stuff. Definitely carcinogenic. Um, They'll disrupt DNA and RNA synthesis. They will damage neurons. um, And they will really hamper cognitive efficiency. Uh, They've been known to compete at the neurological level um, for receptor sites. Not good stuff. Um, if the integrity of the GI lining is downregulated as in leaky gut, microbes enter the bloodstream and the onus is on the liver to detoxify. We've been over that. But if the liver is congested and sluggish, again, it's not going to work out for you. Um, the toxins will definitely stay in the blood and accumulate. So one thing you might want to do, too, is look into a liver cleanse at some point. A liver cleanse might help you uh, facilitate overall detoxification, help clean this stuff up. If you're ever in a bad situation, of course, um, crushing Bud Light and smoking cigarettes and stressing out and and, and and overconsuming caffeinated beverages. I mean, the liver is the little general. We ask of it so, so, so much um, so that when we do really need it to make a move in these contexts, it's probably not going to move. It's probably not going to jump. But candida definitely hits you where you're most vulnerable. It will create endocrine imbalances, um, which is a source of all hormones that are essential for your functions, growth, metabolism, hunger, satiety, sleep, and mood. And it can also mimic endocrine imbalances. Sometimes an anti-candida program will help to alleviate symptoms of hypothyroidism, adrenal fatigue, PMS, and hypoglycemia. So it's worth giving it a shot. It's worth pulling some of, these, some of these culprits out of your diet, some of these negative culprits out of your diet, some of these high-risk constituents out of your diet, um, and, and to see what kind of stasis is created. Um, the initial aggravation is poor diet, and it's stress, and the secondary is really yeast overgrowth. So um, every bodily system, as we can see, is really affected by yeast. Um, But that if we do pull these guys out of the – pull some of these problem children out of the diet, um, people notice a great deal of alleviation. Um, Let's look into some of the further symptoms of candidiasis. um, Extreme fatigue, lethargy. Uh, If you guys are feeling any of these symptoms, you should definitely look into it further. So here's the battery. Um, extreme fatigue and lethargy, depression, inability to concentrate, headache, skin problems like hides, athlete's foot, fungal infections of the nails, jock itch, psoriasis, or other chronic skin rashes. Uh, I was a wrestler in high school. I used to get ringworm. Uh-oh. Um, gastrointestinal symptoms, symptoms including your reproductive organs, muscular and nervous system symptoms, numbness, burning, tingling. Um, the tingling is a big one muscle weakness, paralysis, respiratory symptoms, hyperactivity, and recurrent ear issues, and then just feeling bad all over. Um, Obviously, that's not always well-identified, and there aren't too many treatments um, that can help. Um, So the issue is that if you've taken prolonged courses of broad-spectrum antibiotic drugs, including tetracyclines, um, ampicillin, amoxicillin, the cephalosporins, and sulfonamide drugs. Um, there could be a serious risk that you have um, if you've consumed a diet and containing a lot of yeast and sugar. Um, if you crave sweets, breads, or alcoholic beverages, it might not always be that you're looking for comfort or an emotional component. Sometimes you're, again, the host with the most, and some of your decisions will go down at their behest. Um, let's see Uh, Yeah, sometimes people are feeling uh, they have extreme sensitivity to perfumes, tobacco, smoke or other chemicals that that parallels roughly the symptomologies of what we call ES or environmental sensitivities and uh, we're going to go over a few more areas of risk and wrap this up after we take one more quick break Again, this is Nicholas McColl on the Blog Talk Radio, the one and only natural health show.
0: The Whole Health Diet book is much more than just an ordinary one-size-fits-all calorie-counting weight loss book. It's a life-changing book about personal transformation. The Whole Health Diet is a book designed to balance your body, mind, and spirit. It says to maximize your calorie-burning efficiency from the inside out complete with recipes and insights about the why of overeating. The Whole Health Diet is a truly complete transformational book about weight loss through life change. The Whole Health Diet is available at Amazon.com. Purchase your book today. Balance your wellness through wholeness. Your favorite foods could be causing those irritating, unexplained symptoms that you've been experiencing. Bloating, restless sleep, rashes, aches, pains, migraines are all part of undiagnosed sensitivities. Allotest Medical Laboratory is your solution to identifying food sensitivities and allergies. We know that changing your diet can change your life. Talk to your doctor about ordering a test and visit foodallergy.com for more information. The first step, Allotest. Do you suffer from digestive bloating or indigestion? Do you have chronic migraine headaches or joint and muscle aches? You might have a chronic inflammatory condition due to improper food choices. If you answered yes to either or both of these questions, you might benefit from a one-hour consultation with yours truly. Food initiates inflammation in the body, which can be reversed through diet. If you'd like to turn around your symptoms and beat inflammation, we can customize an anti-inflammatory diet that's just for you. Reverse your inflammatory symptoms naturally. Call to set up an appointment today at 781-817-3444. That's 781-817-3444. Remember, food is medicine.
1: All right, guys, let's finish up strong. You guys are looking great. Let's finish. Let's focus and finish. Let's do it. Um, Our areas of risk, the foods that we should avoid, candies, cakes, ice cream, soft drinks, sugar-containing foods of all sorts, also honey, maple syrup, and carob. It's just that simple. Stay away from the refined sugars and carbs, guys. Yeast is a fungus, so it relies on sugar as a form of energy for its vitality. Therefore, the more sugar that's in your body, the more yeast will thrive, and there's going to be a serious issue with that. Uh, let's also reiterate, alcohol consumption is a serious problem. Wines, Prosecco, champagne, anything that's fermented, um, it's going to contain sugar, and it's going to nurture candida growth. Um, one, one more bummer, a lot of these artesian craft beers, guys, they're, they're just rife with bacteria, rife with microbes. So be careful. Um, if you have to imbibe, go distilled and consider the source. Stay away from corn, heavily GMO, heavily genetically modified. And, and be careful of grain, obviously. Look to potato vodka. So if you got to go, go distilled. that mean, be much, uh, much more beneficial for you if you got to do it. Um, foods containing simple sugars, including many fruits. Be careful, guys. Flour and other glutinous grains and grains in general. Think starches. Carbohydrate. Also, um, again, anything that's fermented, dairy products. The lactose breaks down very quickly, metabolized very quickly. Will help feed them. So, how do we treat the problem naturally? Obviously, starve the candida with excellent food choices. You can call us up. We'll help get you dialed in in a really perfectly bio-individualized way. Control your pH. You guys are you guys are equipped at this point to handle that. Um, obviously the elimination diet, processed sugars and fermented foods are out. Um, take a look at broad spectrum antifungals. Um, I really like the Genestra fungisode, great product by a company called Genestra. Um, the caprylic acid, there's a few different companies. I think solar is the most bang for your buck. I grew up with, uh, ecological formulas, I believe. Uh, Pardiaco is a great herb, South American herb, um, works in conjunction well with all this stuff when you're really trying to make a move, as we say. Uh, Pardiaco, delicious tea as well. Tea is a great and inexpensive way to get your medicine. Grapefruit seed extract, drops, that stuff is strong stuff, excellent stuff, heavy hitter. Gero EPS, I also like Gero IBS that has the plantarum strain. Um, A trantel is one we use at the office quite a bit as well, which is a soil-based, soil-based strain, excuse me. Um, There's homeopathic formulas as well. Uh, Genestra makes an excellent one called Can-albex. There's also the Bio-Aller's Mold Yeast Dust Drops. I think that's a classic a lot of us know about, have worked with over the years, uh, we also want to look into liver and gallbladder tonifiers as well, so we can better handle detoxifying, everyday detoxification pathways, as we say. Um, and we also might want to look into enzymes. Um, they're more likely to be in good shape when our pH is correct, but protease helps us break down protein, amylase helps us break down the carbs, and then lipase helps us break down the fat. Um, Single constituents are good, but if you want to get a broad span like Digest Gold from Enzymetica, that's certainly not going to hurt either. Uh, If you take one or two caps after your meal, after your meal, it's probably going to really help you out big time. Um, So in the end, this is really about balance, and it's about gut balance. It's about making informed choices. We know that we are not at this point biological automatons who come out of the womb with a blank slate and begin expressing our genetic uh, just out of probability, random probability. Um, These cells, which have our genetic information in them, are subject to the signal we're sending them, and the signal has two components. There's a material component and an ethereal component, okay? So we're going to address the material component here, which is good food, good supplementation, right? We want to we feed ourselves with the right information because if it's not, it's misinformation. And that misinformation in the form of the wrong food choices relative to our own pre-genetic disposition or constitutional makeup um, is going to really create a great potential for disease to express itself in really tragic ways and in ways that can really cause a lot of trouble. So again, we want to make sure that we are informed and that we're sending ourselves ourselves and, our, and ourselves positive information, right? The right information so we can succeed, love, live you know, mm-hmm. vital lives and give back to our families and loved ones. A lot of us are working super, super hard uh, for those greenbacks and to make life great for those around us, but we really need to, Um, up our long-term game because if we're not going to be around for a long time, if we're going to be dinged up, we're not going to be able to take care of other people. We're not going to be able to take care of ourselves. We're not going to be able to enjoy ourselves. So we need the right information that we're going to feed ourselves. And that comes in the form of good food, good supplements, and that is it. So I hope you enjoyed tonight and I enjoyed speaking with you be good to one another, and be good to yourself first and foremost. This is Nicholas Mancola on blogtalkradio.com signing off for the evening on the one and only Natural Health Show. Thank you very much. we the mood.